Hello, assalamualaikum everybody. Hope you're all safe, sound and healthy. And I am back because yesterday, you know, my um, angry speech about what they're doing, how they're abusing the law, how they're using the law, how it's been going on. I mean, people are probably wanting to know the who's, the what's and the where's. So I've decided to start naming names. Um, Yeah, so who is the judge against whom there is a no confidence um, expressed and who is the judge um, who, I mean, there are about two of them actually. So who is the one against whom Imran Khan filed a no confidence and who is it against whom his own judges have uh, filed a no trust or no confidence? So first of all, we're back to the Toshakhana case. Now, if you remember, the Toshakhana case is about the gifts that the prime minister, the then prime minister Imran Khan got. And this was on the news. So I challenged the media I challenge the mainstream electronic media to refute me on this because this was on the news when it happened, as it happened, and it's on the record. I challenge them to deny it being on their record or in their archives, okay? Um, the day he auctioned off the wristwatch given to him, um, it was on the news because he made a big PR out of it in the sense that he wanted everybody to know that he was auctioning off the wristwatch and he was putting the money into the treasury and everybody knew that this was on the record, this was recorded, this was literally recorded by the journalists themselves. So now if the mainstream media will try to pretend that they don't know anything about it, shame on you. As we all know, the mainstream media of Pakistan is not free. You know that your media is not free when it cannot talk about how it's not free. You know it's not free when its journalists are being kidnapped and killed. You know it's not free when some of the most prominent journalists are leaving the country or have left the country and now have to resort to alternative media or digital media to give the news and to tell you exactly what's going on. You know that your media is compromised and that it has sold itself when it works against the state on the funding of a foreign state in the name of U.S. aid. Our media has been working against Imran Khan, the then incumbent prime minister, and they were working against the state very openly. Not only were they paid by the U.S., which, by the way, Obama had very openly mentioned in his press conference in the United States of America then, but they also <clears throat> have been using, have been paid by the U.S. minions um, in the name of sponsorship. And so because Imran Khan refused to pay the media in the name of sponsorship because Imran Khan refused to waste any money giving them ads because they were, because the country had no money. That is why. So just for money, just for money, our mainstream media sold itself. Okay? This is what you, I mean, this is how you can see that your so-called institutions in the country when they're acting as anti-state elements. <coughs> So, right, so that case was thrown out, if you remember. That case was declared inadmissible um, by the court, um, and it was by Islamabad High Court itself. And this was in July, if you remember, in July 4th, 2023, this year, in July. Um, the case was declared inadmissible by the High Court. And now the same very High Court, under Chief Justice Amr Farooq uh, and another uh, judge 
they are now again reopening the cases and they sent they have already sentenced Imran Khan based on that or at least they're trying to sentence it they've drafted a sentence but in any case the point is that the case is back open okay they listened to the appeal um, and by the caretaker government and by the army and they reopened the case and now Imran Khan has basically petitioned a no confidence against Chief Justice Amr Farooq because Amr Farooq, as you know, um, has been asked to recuse himself from all the cases pertaining to Imran Khan because of his bias, and he refused to do so. And because of that, he has in fact made it a point to take in all the cases of Imran Khan, as I mentioned yesterday, that he made it a point to take all the cases, all the 120 appeals that Imran Khan filed, this man took and dealt with it directly and dealt with it in a biased fashion. So there we have it. Now one one must be wondering what happened to Humayun Dilawar, the first person who sentenced um, the former prime minister in this Toshahana case. Um, well, nothing really, just to show the world because the whole world was beginning to question his um, dignity and his um, bias. Um, uh, so the minutes, the Ministry of Law and Justice just issued a notification now, now, when? On the 27th of November, okay, just a few days back, they issued this notification that um, just Judge Hamayon Dilawar, who was the Sessions Court that time, the District of Sessions Court, that he will now be appointed as OSD <coughs> until further notice. They did not suspend him. They did not question his power, uh, his, you know, uh, abuse of power. They did not question the fact that he was, you know, that he broke the law as a sitting judge. No, they just transferred him and they're waiting for the right time <clears throat> to put him back or to promote him. And now um, another thing, the reason why the uh, Bar Association today is on strike, the Lahore Bar Association has also petitioned against the legality of what the six-member bench of the Supreme Court has done, refuting its own law, its own decision, um, and so has the Balochistan and Quetta Bar Association. They have questioned it. So the Quetta and, Bar, and Balochistan Bar Association <coughs> have actually announced a strike. They announced the strike in a press release yesterday, and the strike is today. So today they are on strike against the Supreme Court breaking the law. How did the Supreme Court break its law and how did the Supreme Court um, condemn its own court and how is it that the judges are in contempt of their own court? If you remember, a five-member uh, bench had decided that um, military courts will not be allowed to try civilians because this is against the Constitution and that the military courts were only and only allowed to um, try civilians um, during an emergency when we had the terrorist attacks in which raw agents were involved um, and other terrorists were involved, whoever they were. But the point is that that was uh, a very, it was open for a, a limited span of time and it was closed immediately. And as per constitution, it is not allowed to be opened for any reason anymore. Um, and yet, the Supreme Court, as I said, the five member bench, um, just, just you know, one and a half months ago, they had announced or they had decided, they had given the verdict that the military courts were illegal, trying of civilians were illegal, and that the civilians should be returned back to 
the civil authorities or civilian authorities and that they should be returned back to civil courts. And then they also gave an order um, saying that no, no one will be allowed to be tried in military court. But then they found out that the military courts had disregarded um, them and had already actually started the trials of many of them. In fact, was, was about to reach conclusion on some of those trials. And the court again told the military courts to stop it and to send everybody back to civil to the civil court. And again, they were blatantly disregarded by the military courts, by the army. And now, what did the army do? Uh, just And again, the, these are all signs to prove you that we have an unofficial dictatorship. Why else will the Supreme Court suddenly give way? So now we have a bench of six um, yesterday that um, decided to hear the appeal. Yeah, so they're not listening to the appeals by Imran Khan. They're not listening to the appeals by the civilians. They're not listening to the appeals by the public of Pakistan. They're not listening to any appeals, but they are listening to the appeals of the caretaker government, and they're listening to the appeals of NAB, which is again part of the caretaker corrupt government, and they're listening to the appeals of the army, which is the biggest traitor right now, which has openly committed treason against Pakistan. But they're listening to them. So they listened to their appeal and they decided that their appeal should be opened and heard. And today and yesterday, um, there was a six member uh, bench that was headed by Justice Sardar Tariq Masood. And his again, his neutrality was questioned by senior lawyers. And um, those are extremely senior lawyers of the Bar Association. And when they questioned um, his bias, he very rudely um, offended the lawyers and he said that I am here and I'm here to sit and head and I don't care about what you think and then he's like what can you do what can you do so so he kept telling the lawyers what can you do so this was a very clear message that he was put there by um, the US minions by the dogs and that he was in turn their dog and that nobody can do anything to stop him so when the when the second highest judge of the Supreme Court um, stands there to head a bench and he refuses to recuse himself and he also does so very offensively and rudely towards the senior lawyers, um, then that, that he's, you know, his neutrality has been questioned and his dignity has been questioned and he doesn't care. And he's, he's, he's like, I'm here to stay and I'm going to do whatever I need to do and whatever I have to do and nobody can stop me. So our justice system has been fully compromised. And again, you know, Bandial needs to remember that. Bandial needs to remember that he began all of this. He is the one that destroyed our democracy overnight. And now we are all facing it. We're all facing the consequences of that. So the, the Supreme Court will be written down in history as the court that destroyed the democracy of Pakistan and that worked with anti-state elements overnight to put Pakistan in the place it is today. So, um, who were the other justices in the bench? We have Justice Amirdeen Khan, we have Justice Muhammad Ali Mazhar, we have Justice Sayyid Hassan Azhar Rizvi, and we have Justice Musarat Hilali and Justice Irfan Sadat Khan. Now, Justice Musarat Hilali is the only female in the bench, and she was the only one who decided against opening of military courts in this bench. So the last bench, that was a bench of five, 
they had a unanimous decision that military courts were illegal and that the civilians cannot be tried in military courts. And this was a bench of six in which the only female member was the only one to keep to that decision. And the others, the others announced um, that the military courts were okay to go, that they were okay to try civilians. And so, again, let me remind you, on October 23rd, a five-member bench declared the military trials of individuals detained after the country's violent protests on May 9th null and void during the hearing of multiple petitions. And one month and 21 days later, a six-member bench declared or announced with a majority of five to one that the military courts are okay and it's okay for them to try civilians which has gone against the constitution of pakistan keep that in mind and it has gone against its own so the judges themselves are in contempt of their court and then the pak military is in contempt of the court but no if the, every judge wants to scream contempt of court when a lawyer tries to talk about them being biased or when Imran Khan tries to speak up for his rights, then, then they're all in contempt of court. The people of Pakistan are in contempt of court for questioning the dignity and, of the, and the neutrality of the court. And, but, but the military courts are not in contempt. NAB is not in contempt. The caretaker government is not in contempt. And I mean, this is the irony here that the same judges who uh, tried Imran Khan's case and objected to his bail and objected to his appeals, citing his absence when they knew that he was in jail and he was not allowed to be presented in court by the police and by the army. And yet keeping making that as an excuse, they objected to his bail. They rejected his bail appeal. And yet Nawaz uh, was not even in Pakistan yet, but they granted him bail from London. So he's sitting in London and here in Pakistan, they're granting him bail. And then he comes to Pakistan. And now, just now, at the same time, while they're drafting a death, death sentence for Imran Khan, at that very same time, they have declared Nawaz Sharif not guilty. Not only that, if you remember, the three people, the three criminals that were arrested um, after the Kusur child pornography case, which was a huge scandal, because what they were doing is that they had raped little kids and then they took a video of those rapes and then they forced those kids to perform sexual acts as blackmail. And they, and they made more and more videos and they sold them to the black sites. And this was a huge scandal. And the people, the mastermind behind it was directly related to, he was a part of a member of the of Navashri's political party and he was directly involved or related to Nawaz Sharif, right? Um, and yet, and that is why actually, um, those three criminals have now been <sighs> declared not guilty by the court. So what does that tell you? Again, that is why I blame our people. The fact that our people are sitting at home and grumbling about it instead of going out and killing these judges for letting criminals loose and for working with traitors to harm the country. You know, our people are just grumbling and ignoring them and saying, oh, wait for the elections. I'm sorry. The elections are not going to help you. 
they have already decided that they will remove the PTI emblem from the ballot paper. Um, this is something they've been trying very hard to do. And But of course, there is no law in this country, so it doesn't matter um, in what legal aspect they're going to be challenged. They are finding different ways to remove the symbol of the bat from the ballot paper. And they have decided on two different things. They're trying that they should give the bat to the new party, the new political party that they created, so that people should get confused and think that they are voting for PTI. And then they'll end up voting for the other party. That's number one. Number two, they're thinking of just removing the bat altogether from the from the ballot paper so that um, there will be no way for the people to stamp on it or to vote for PTI. So this is something that people need to realize the that you know that there is no chance, there's no opportunity to redeem this country or to redeem ourselves. I'm sorry, but I have been saying this for years now. There is only one way to deal with this and we need a bloody revolution. There is no way in hell that a peaceful protest is going to get us anywhere. These peaceful protests have not gotten us anywhere. Why? Because you need to understand once again, our army as an institution needs to be destroyed. Okay, because the very institution was planted by the British before they left to ensure that this happens and it's happening now. They are fulfilling the British mission of never letting Pakistan be a sovereign, powerful, neutral state. Okay, they are fulfilling an anti-state mission. These are traitors that were planted, they were brainwashed they brainwashed their other soldiers, all those soldiers that are getting killed, um, you know, very miraculously, randomly by these very, very, you know, um, well-timed terrorist attacks. Um, these are all, to me, these are false flag operations conducted by the military against its own people who are rising against them. So they have already court-martialed a lot of lieutenants and colonels and lieutenant colonels. Um, as we know, just because those people were trying to fight against them for Pakistan. And then they they conducted two to three terrorist attacks uh, and certain, again, members of the army were killed. So uh, to me, this is all questionable. India is very famous for its false flag operation. Um, so that is why people are thinking that, you know, these few people suddenly storming the Indian parliament and, you know, uh, terrorizing them, you know, that this might be again a false flag operation for the Indian, Indian government. Because as you can see, you can see the American and Israeli um, work here. You can see their hand, you can see their hidden hand in both these countries right now. In India, um, Modi is securing a vote against preservation of the autonomy of Kashmir. Okay, as we know, Kashmir there is a Kashmir resolution made by the UN in which Kashmir is considered to have the right to choose which, where, what it wants to be. Does it want to be an independent country or does it want to join Pakistan, right? And Kashmir has already made itself very clear. But India has been occupying Kashmir for the past 70 years the same way that Israel has occupied Palestine for the past 70 years. It's 70 plus years, actually. And now... Um, Modi has actually managed to secure votes 
um, in which they would uh, strike Kashmir out from autonomy. And on the other hand, we have our own army that is openly committing treason and that is trying to kill the most popular, the elected prime minister, the only real prime minister of Pakistan, the only real prime minister. Why? Nawaz Sharif was never elected. He was always selected. Zardari was never elected. He was always selected. Benazir was also never really elected. Why? Because people never voted. So where did they get all those votes from? Rigging. Every single time elections were rigged. In fact, even this time, when Imran Khan won the elections, the elections were still rigged by the military, by the establishment, because they did not want Imran Khan to get two-thirds majority. They wanted to still keep everything in their hands so that they could topple him easily whenever needed. And so when the American command came, they were toppled. Now, here is my question. Why hasn't the American government been questioned in international courts for breaking international laws and for interfering with our country? Why? Because America is right now being the dawn of the global mafia and it is inciting wars left, right and center. Even for that, it should be charged in court, in international court for war crimes. But nobody's doing anything. That gives you a very good idea of why Pakistan is unable to do anything. I would say it again. We need the overseas Pakistanis to now very aggressively make a move. And we need the Pakistanis within Pakistan to also understand that your peaceful protests, your expecting to turn things around during the elections is, I'm sorry, worthless. If you want Imran Khan to be alive, to stay alive, again, I would repeat, this is the last chance you've got to do something. Because if even now you don't do anything, I'm sorry, you will have murdered the man. Bhutto was killed by the law. We all know that. Oh, now suddenly the Supreme Court and the other courts, now suddenly they want to, um, you know, uh, listen to the appeal by People's Party that they should declare that Bhutto was murdered by trial. And they're ready to do that. So look at the hypocrisy of the courts. Look at the hypocrisy of the legal system that you now want to agree and declare that Bhutto was murdered by trial, but you are doing the exact same thing as we speak to Imran Khan. I would only say that I have never seen a more lowdown, a more bagarat, a more shameless, a more ghatia, a more treacherous nation than ours where we are filled with traitors. We're surrounded by traitors left, right, and center. I have never seen a country that has allowed its leaders to die one by one and do nothing. I have never seen a more useless nation in my entire life. And I am ashamed. I am ashamed of my people, and I've always been ashamed of them whenever I look at what they do. And this is why I never associate myself. I never call myself that I am one of these people because I am sorry, but I cannot live such a life of indignity, a life of humiliation, a life of slavery, and a life where I am supposed to just look and watch people commit treason, commit murder, commit massacre, to just, you know, I wish I had never come to Pakistan. Seriously. As each day passes by, 
I literally curse my parents for bringing me to this country. I was not born here. I did not spend my childhood here. I don't know why they had to bring me here to see this just to show me that look this 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 is the kind of country that you belong to. These are the kind of people. I'm sorry. I would rather this country gets destroyed overnight. I would rather bomb this country to bits and kill everybody and burn it all than see another innocent man getting killed and people just sitting and watching helplessly and, and invoking God. I, it's amazing how when you want to destroy somebody's life, that time you don't invoke God. That time you use your own hands to destroy that person's life. But when you want to do something right, then suddenly you're all helpless. And suddenly you, the only thing you can do is pray. I have always found this thing the most pathetic, the most useless, and the most... It, it is It is just the worst thing possible that any man can do. And because it has been done to me too, when, when my life had to be disturbed and I had to be uprooted, then that time nobody thought of just praying to God that God should perform miracles and our lives would be uprooted. No, that time they uprooted our lives with their own hands. But now they're praying to God that a miracle should occur, that, you know, our lives should get back, you know, on track, seriously. Pathetic. And this is me signing out. Remember this before I actually sign out. Pakistan, the people of Pakistan, you will be accomplices to this murder if they follow through the death sentence of Shah Mahmood Qureshi and Imran Khan. Remember, you will have been accomplices to this murder. You are all murderers. Keep that in mind. And this is me signing out, Khuda Hafiz.